Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Again, good morning. My name's Kenny, and it is uh, a real honor to serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but y'all, football is back. Anybody excited about football season being back? And so I've watched, I've watched a lot of football already uh, since last week, since college football started. Uh, it's been a rough start for my Gamecocks. Um, been a rough start already. I'm a little worried. Um, but man, it's been fun to kind of get back into this new season. And uh, I, I love football. Anybody else, like, just love football? Yeah, and I'm excited about my, my beloved Panthers kicking back off today with some new hope. And, uh, yeah, we got a few Panther fans in the room, and we're praying for Cowboy fan salvation today as well. So um, that's you, altar, front, right after the service. We'll pray for you. I'm joking. But, um, but you know, I, I love the start of a, of a new season of football, and um, it there's just something about kind of the hope of, of starting new in that way. And um, I, don't, I, I said I love football, but I was, um, I was a little too afraid to get hit as a kid, so I, I actually never played anything other than flag football. Um, but I enjoyed it, and so I actually joined the marching band. Any, any other marching band folks? Are, yeah, good. That's, what, that's my people. That's my people. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I love, so the marching band, uh, the, before every game, here's what happens. So the marching band comes out, and they kind of like get in line, and then usually they play the national anthem. And then they play a thing called the fight song. And then all of a sudden, you know, because when you hear the fight song, you know what's coming after it, right? Football team's coming, charging ahead, and, and it's awesome. And, uh, and so I thought today it might be a little fun just to do a little name that fight song trivia. And, uh, and so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a couple of fight songs for you. And I want to know how many of these that you know, because here's the thing. If you listen to and watch any football, you hear all these all the time. And so uh, I thought it might be fun. You guys want to play a little name that fight song trivia? Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to start. I've got a few for you. We're going to start with this one. All right. I saw some hands over here. All right, who knows that one? Who knows that one? That is Rocky Top. Who's a, who's a Tennessee fan in the room? Okay, we got, woo, we got a woo back there. All right, old Rocky Top. All right, okay, that's good. All right, now, man, <laughs> uh, we haven't heard that one in a while because they hadn't been any good, but that's okay. We're <laughs> but I tell you what, this next one, your boy is sick of hearing. All right, let's, let's play this one. Anybody know this one? You know it? What is this? Yeah, this is Tiger Rag. This is the Clemson Tigers. Oh my gosh, y'all, I hate that song. That has like just been over and over and over again in my nightmares for like the last 10 years. Finally, we got them last year. And so um, if you didn't know, I grew up in South Carolina and I'm a, I'm a Gamecock fan, so y'all pray for my salvation too. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, this next one I grew up on. Let's see if you recognize this one. Woo! Somebody, come on, somebody's got to know. You know this one, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's the nature boy. Styling and profiling. 12-time world champion, Ric Flair. Anybody else a wrestling fan? I grew up watching wrestling. Yeah, a couple of y'all. 
All right. Okay, that one was a joke. That one was a joke. I had to work in a Ric Flair. All right, how about this next one? I'm hearing lots of booze. <laughs> All right, Mark. Who is it? No, this is uh, the Notre Dame fight song. The Fighting Irish. I hear one clap in the back. That's our friend, one of our elders, Mark O'Leary. Huge Notre Dame fan. God bless him. Don't leave our church over that, please. I promise. And then I think, uh, I think many of you are either going to really love or really hate this next one. Hit it. You can clap, Pam. It's okay. Oh, man. Oh, boy. That was the, uh, yeah, we're not going to sing the words there, but that's the Carolina Tar Heel fight song. Uh, squeak by with a little win against App State last night. Bet you won't schedule them anymore. But here's the thing. I, listen, I love that because when you hear that, college football's back, football's back, and, and a fight song lets you know that, like, the team's coming. Now, uh, and so you might be thinking, well, man, that was fun. That's awesome. And I love that we do something fun like that in church. But what does that have anything to do with, like, church and Jesus and God? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because just like college football and football has just kicked off a new season, um, I want to let you know that as a church, we are actually stepping into a new season starting today. I alluded to it a little earlier, but we believe that Jesus is calling us to step into a, a new season. And this idea of, uh, of a fight song and then the football team coming out, it really, God showed me something really powerful that has led us into this next season that I want to show you today. Uh, for just the next uh, hour and a half, no big deal, we won't be here that long. Um, that's, that's a joke. Um, but we believe that Jesus is calling us as a church to step in and to see this town be taken by him. Uh, it's a season that we're calling Take the Town. And we've been talking about revival for the past five weeks. And today kind of is the starter pistol into a new season. And it starts this morning. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you kind of the, the title of the, of the message today. And it's around this idea that praise precedes the presence of God. Praise precedes the presence of God. And so I want to show you how, how God downloaded this onto me and for our church, and I want to, I want to teach you this principle. I think it's going to play some, uh, a, a beautiful role in your life that if you can grab hold of this idea and this concept, that not only is it going to help lead our church into this next season, I believe that for you, you can walk out of here today grabbing hold of some hope and something practical to do in your walk with Jesus that will see him and his presence in your life as well. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to join me in Joshua chapter 6. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, as you're getting there, uh, if you have your Bible, you can pull that open. Maybe you have the YouVersion Bible app. Right now, there's a live event happening uh, that you can find. There's also a home church app that we've had developed, and there, there are sermon notes that you can follow right along. If you're watching online, the scripture is going to be at my feet. And if you don't have any of those things, no worries. We got you covered. The scripture will be on the screens. And so, uh, uh, real quick, to kind of set you up, many of you know this story. Many of you know the story that we're about to walk through, and this is the story of the Battle of Jericho. You've heard it uh, before in your life, and I, I want to tie all this together. In real quick context, uh, the nation of Israel had crossed through the Jordan River. 
They were already in freedom, and and they started to kind of get closer to the promised land. And one of the last strongholds that was uh, in their way, impeding their progress to finally get into the promised land, was this fortified, walled-up city named Jericho. And, uh, and, And as they continue to move and march forward towards their promised land, they come up against this city, and God speaks directly to Joshua and gives him some instruction on how this whole thing is going to go down. And he starts to download a game plan for him. We'll keep that in a little bit of the sports context today, all right? So if you have your Bible, here we go. Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says this, uh, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. They were ready. They, They saw the Israelites around, so they had everything secured up. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Listen, I could just stop right there and preach on that one verse today because there's something powerful about our God when our God speaks vision to his people, when our God speaks and declares things that are going to come. He speaks as though it has already happened. Did you see what he said to Joshua? He said that this town, this, this city has been fortified, but he says, I'm going to give it to you. And he said the word, see. He said it as though it had already happened. I love how our God speaks clarity of vision as though it has already happened. Well, one of the things that it does is it, it brings up confidence. It, it builds my faith when God speaks about things so clearly, so declaratively that we know because he is God. We don't have to worry. Here's what it does to me. It, it reminds me of the definition of faith. And the scriptures actually give us a definition of faith. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. I'll throw it on the screens for you. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for what we hope for, and it is assurance about what we do not see. Another translation says that it is evidence of what we do not see. I love this definition that Scripture gives us about faith because it takes us to believe that something is going to happen because we hope for it, and yet we cannot see it or have not seen it happen yet. And I love that our God calls us to faith, and he speaks in the language of faith. He speaks in the language of vision, and he speaks declaratively because our God is the beginning and the end. See, you got to understand that our God, when he speaks, he already knows how this thing's going to go down. He already knows how the battle is going to end. He already knows how the diagnosis is going to end. He already knows the days of life that are on your life. He already knows the numbers of hair on your head. See, our God knows everything. So when he speaks and he says, see, it is almost as if that has already been done, but it is a promise that it will be done. And I love that. And he gives this promise to Joshua about Jericho. Our God calls us to hope. He calls us to to believe even though it looks like it's impossible. I don't know if this has ever happened in your life where God has spoken something over you, where you feel like he's made a promise either through his scripture or you feel like God gave you revelation and spoke into your heart. Ah, this is part of our story as a church. Over three years ago, God spoke home church into my heart and over me, and we started to walk in that direction. And as I started to tell people about this vision and this idea and this unique calling to focus on equipping the home of believers, that people, even friends, would look at me and say, yo, I, 
man, that sounds great, but I, I don't know. How's that going to work out? I'm not sure this is maybe the right timing. Uh, former bosses said, hey, this is never going to work. There were people in my life that I trusted who said, hey, I, I, I'm not sure. And yet, I know I heard from the Lord declaratively as though it had already happened. Has this ever happened to you in your life where God has spoken a promise over you and your friends maybe say, I, man, that sounds, I don't know. I, I don't know how that business is going to actually work out. Uh, maybe in a relationship where, where you know God said, hey, like, this is the one. And your mom and dad say, you can't marry that person. Or you're leaving a job into another job and your boss that you're leaving uh, tells you, you're never going to mount anything. You can't make it. The only reason you have what you have now is because I gave it to you. This isn't going to work. I think many of us have had moments in our life where God has spoken over us, told us to do something, declared it so, and of course, there's going to be voices around us who say, it is not so. It cannot be so. It will not happen. And so today, if you grab on to nothing else, I want you to grab on to when God speaks, he speaks as though it is already done because for him, it is. I hope that encourages someone today. I hope that someone at the very minimum grabs hold of, maybe you've been wrestling down this promise, this thing that you feel called to, and there's naysayers, there's opposition, there's things around you, and you're not really sure how it's gonna work out. I wanna encourage you today that if God spoke these things over you, he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can count on God's promises. What an encouraging thing that we can count on God to fulfill his promises to us. When he speaks, he speaks as though it is so, because it is. The problem with us is that we sometimes don't believe him when we hear him. We sometimes second guess, oh, did I actually hear from God? Was that him? Was that indigestion? Was that just me being frustrated? Like, we often struggle to make sure that we've heard from God, and it slows down our confidence. So I hope today you will make sure you hear clearly from the Lord and boldly walk where he tells you to go. He did this for Joshua. And then he gives them a game plan on how to do it. Uh, it goes on in chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, march around the city. This is God speaking to Joshua. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's, horn, uh, ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day... March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Now, real quick, uh, one thing you need to know is anytime you see the Ark of the Covenant show up in the Old Testament, that represents God's presence in the Old Testament. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, that's where God's presence was. Now, I want to be clear. God's presence can be anywhere he wants it to be. Our God is omniscient, he's all-powerful, he's all-being, he's ever-present, he's the beginning and the end. He can do whatever he wants, but one of the things that we can hold on to and know is that when we see the Ark of the Covenant show up in the Old Testament, we know God's presence is there, all right? And it goes on in verse 5, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in. I, I love this because I think about uh, God having this conversation with Joshua, and it's a, a little bit like a coach having a conversation with a quarterback. And so I can just almost kind of see him huddled on the sideline, and God's like, all right, come here, Joshua. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the town. 
we're going to take the city, and I want you to see it's already happened. And I can see Joshua like, okay, okay, God. And then God starts to give him some instructions on how this thing's going to work out. And he says something that really uh, grabbed my attention as I read through this. Uh, Because, again, you wanted to know how the connection to a band and a fight song and a football team running out. Well, God gave that instruction to Joshua. He said, hey, I want you to send out the priest and the worship leaders out in front of the Ark of the Covenant. I want them to march around blowing their instruments and blowing their horns as they march. And so what God is basically telling Joshua is, hey, I want you to bring the worship leaders in their skinny jeans and their oversized t-shirts and put them out front of the Ark of the Covenant, have them walk around and sing, right? Ah. And then, or it's kind of like the marching band. It's like the marching band going out in front of the football team and playing the song, and here comes the football team. I mean, could you imagine Joshua being like, uh-huh, okay, and then, <laughs> right? And then God says, and then you're going to march around, and then they're going to shout, and the walls are going to come down, and then you're going to go in, and you're going to take the city. And I can almost just see Joshua talking to his coach, talking to Coach God, Right? And be like, okay, 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 I think I understand. I think I understand. Oh, boy, okay. This feels, I don't know. I hear you, Lord. I hear the plan. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. But because you said so, I, I'm going to do it. And so we're going to go and fight this battle. We're going to go and fight this battle. I, I think that I, I can almost hear him because God's saying, I'm going to give you victory. I can hear Joshua turning and walking away. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Right? Because he's like, yo, you're going to have to do this because walking around a city, marching around with the marching band out front, I don't know, Lord. I, okay, Lord, this is on you. We'll do the marching. We'll do the praying. We'll, we'll do all that stuff. And we're going to shout, but God, what, how are we going to drop a wall? I want to encourage you today that oftentimes God's going to lead you down a path that might not make sense. Some of the details of the plan, of the situation, of the, the, the path that he's leading you down might not make sense at the time, but when we're obedient to God and we do as he says, because he's leading us to a place that only he might know how it's going to work out, we have to learn to trust our God when he gives us direction. So many of us are willing to listen to the promise of God but do it our own way. I came to challenge you today. You can't just listen to the promise of God and go do it your own way. You have to do it his way as well, even when it seems like this isn't going to work. Why? Well, because we know how the story ends. We know how the story ends. But the thing is, is that most of us miss the point. Most of us think that this is just procedural, that God sends the worship leaders and the priest out front and then the Ark of the Covenant comes around and they're just marching around and doing this for six days and then on the seventh day they do it for seven times. We're like, okay, that sounds like a good plan and procedure. We miss the heart of what God is asking. He's asking them to worship him. He's asking them to march and to worship him before the battle begins He's asking them to worship him even while the battle is going on because he's a good God and he knows how the battle is going to end and he knows us as his sons and daughters. When he wins and he provides victory and he comes through on his promises, our hearts turn to him and we worship him in the end. So here's what God is really saying to us. He's calling us to worship. 
He's calling us to praise him before the battle, during the battle, after the battle has already been won. This is what our God is looking for. He's not looking for your procedural understanding and your obedience in that way. Yes, he wants it, but God is looking for his praise. He's looking for his praise. Why? Because when we praise, we stop looking at ourselves and we put our eyes on God. Why? When we praise, it makes us humble because we're asking him to do something we know we can't do in our own strength. Why? When we praise, it takes our eye off the enemy and puts our eye on where it should be, the promise maker. Why? Because when we praise, it builds our faith. This is what our God wants. He desires his praise because he is worthy of glory. But our God is so good that while you praise him, he does something in your life with it as well. Man, one of the things that I love, because uh, one of the things I tell Grayson, who's our worship leader and our team all the time, is I love when we sing declarative worship songs. Because there's something just in me, this might not be you and that's okay, but there's something in me that I love to stand like fist raised, like declaring God's promises. It builds my faith, it it builds my confidence, it gives me the ability to voice my trust and my hope and my belief in what he's gonna already do, what he's done, I'm thanking him, and what he's going to do in the future. That's what praise does for us. But like a good quarterback, Joshua takes the plan and he runs into the huddle and he gives it to the team and here's what happens, Joshua 6. Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, huddle up, huddle up. Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city. I wanna pause there for a minute and I wanna talk about that word advance. As I was reading through this, God stopped me dead in my tracks with that word because as a church, some of you have been around us for a while, some of you are new, but for the first couple of years, man, we were just surviving. We were just trying to make it week to week and recently God's been doing a really incredible work and he's shifting us into a season from just surviving into advancing and that's where he gave me that word. Back in June, I was studying over this and, and that word advance just like stuck in my heart and I literally stood up in my office and did this right here, let's go. Let's go, advance. Because if you know me, some of you don't know me, that's okay. But if you know me, you know, man, like I'm not a backpedaler. I don't like to like stand pat, man. I am built to move forward. I am built to advance. I am built to go and take new ground. That's just how God built me. And so for two and a half years, man, I felt like we were just standing and marking in place. I felt like we were just surviving. And that word unleashed something in me, confidence, faith, hope, trust, like something broke loose in me in June around that word of advance. Because that's when God gives a command to move forward. And so that's why I have the confidence to come to you as a church and say, I believe Jesus is calling us to take this town. It's not for home church's name, it's for God's glory in his name. We just get to be a part of it. We get to be aggressive in trying to take the kingdom into our town who needs it. I don't know if you've been to work lately. I don't know if your kids have been to school lately, but we have a really difficult situation in our culture that needs kingdom in it. And we get to advance it into the marketplace. We get to advance it into our workplaces. We get to advance kingdom into our schools. Guess what? We also get to advance kingdom in your homes. That's the heart of this church. 
We want to see things be advanced for God's kingdom. We're going to move forward, right? I, I, I love that, that part of the whole story because now Joshua's given this instruction and then uh, he, he goes on and he says this in Joshua 6 verse 12. Joshua got up early the next uh, morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. Can you see this in your mind's eye? Can you see this, this army with the priest and the worship leaders out front and then the Ark of the Covenant and then the army like following behind? I want you to see this processional line. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. I know you've heard this story many times in your life, but have you ever had not only that image of them marching, but the entire time they're marching, they are praising. It says the trumpets kept sounding. Every step, every lap, they were praising. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. You know, as a church, we've been talking about revival. Uh, revival is simply just this idea uh, uh, of God doing a reviving work. God can do a reviving work in marriages and in relationships and in health. We're believing that he will do a reviving work amongst our families. We're believing that he'll do a reviving work in our town and in people's hearts. This is what we've been praying for. And so we feel like we've been called to take the town. But today is kind of the beginning part of that. And I told you about the name of today's message, and it's called Praise Precedes the Presence. And so I want you to see what's happening. The, the worship leaders are going out front, and then the presence of God comes behind it. They are leading the way with praise, and then God's presence comes along behind. They are paving the path with praise, and then God's presence comes along to do his work. For six days they march. On the seventh day they march again, and they do it seventh days, and then they shout it, and that's where God's work mightily happened. For you and your life, I need you to understand that when God is for sure all, always present, don't miss that. I understand that. But I'm saying that as you're moving, as you're heading towards something God is calling you to, when you pave the path with praise, God's presence will surely follow that. God's presence is going to follow where he gets praise. Psalm 22 and 3 says that he inhabits the praise of his people, meaning he shows up, he gathers around. That's where his presence shows up. This is why, like tonight, this, this today starts a whole series for us where uh, praise uh, starts this morning. Tonight, we have a, a night of worship, a whole night of worship, and starting tomorrow morning, we're gonna march and walk around our town praying that Jesus would move, leading all the way up to next Sunday, just happens to be seven days from now, and it's Take the Town Sunday. And we're praying that Jesus would bring people here because we're gonna lift him up, we're gonna hold him high, we're gonna declare the name of Jesus, and his word says that when he is lifted, he will draw men and women to himself. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna lift up the name of Jesus. And next Sunday, as you invite your friends and family to come, uh, we're going to have two gatherings, and we are going to present and preach Jesus so clearly 
so relevantly that people can grab hold of and understand this gospel good news that Jesus, God's only son, came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on behalf of them to pay the price for their sin, was buried, put in a tomb, three days later, raised himself up, and because he lives, and then he walked uh, 40 days on this earth, ascended into heaven, where he sits at God's right hand, and he will one day come back to receive those who believe in him. This is what we believe the gospel good news is. It's actually very simple. It's a matter of the heart. Do you believe it? We will declare this. This is what will take the town. Yes, we're going to praise and we're going to go before God and and ask him to come along with us. Yes, we're going to walk and to pray. And yes, we're going to do everything that we can. But only revival happens in the heart of people and that stirs from the spirit of God. And we will trust him to do that. Verse 15. You know this part. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout. Watch this. For the Lord has given you the city. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? I haven't seen that the walls fall yet. I haven't seen that the nation of Israel swamped this place and killed everything and everyone in it and took command over it. I haven't seen that that happen yet. Have you? It hasn't happened yet. So how does Joshua stand before his people and give instructions to tell them what to do. Speak with such boldness and clarity as though it has already happened. How does he do that? Because he heard a promise from the Lord. He heard God speak to him as though it was already so. And this man of faith walked and trusted and believed and continued to move forward knowing that God was gonna do this thing as though it had already happened. This is what we see. This is what we see. So here's how it ends. You know the rest of this. Joshua verse 26, verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. You see, we believe with confidence. We believe that there's already evidence that we have not seen yet, but we believe with hope that Jesus is gonna give us this town for his good name, through his power. And we're gonna get to experience incredible good. And for you today, I just wanted to to speak some of this over you and your life as well. Because I believe that there are many of you in the room that you feel like God has made promises to you, and, but you're struggling in the waiting, you're struggling in the worry, and you have all these, these doubts that come up. And I just wanna encourage you today that praise precedes the presence of God in your life as well. So as you're sitting around worrying and waiting on th- some things, maybe it's time to shift and to stop putting our eyes on the enemy and put our eyes on God. 
Maybe you're asking, hey, I don't know how my kids are going to make it through this year. Praise him. Hey, I don't know how our family can survive this wild season we're in. Praise him. I don't know how we're gonna make it through this diagnosis that we've been given. Praise him. I don't know how we will make it through the loss of this loved one. How are we gonna make it through? Praise him. I don't know how we can afford to go another month like this. Praise him. You see, this is what God called his people to. He called them to praise him before the battle. He calls us to praise him during the battle. And our God is so faithful. We can already thank him in advance for what he's gonna do. And we will praise him after the battle as well. Whatever it is that you're walking through in your life that you need God to show up in, I wanna tell you, I wanna declare to you today, I wanna encourage you today that the way to pave the path is through prayer. That is an act of praise. The way to set an atmosphere is to carry a heart of faith, of anticipation that God will move and he will move on your behalf. The way to to see God come through in this way is to invite his presence by praising on your way. This is the way. This is the way. Praise precedes the presence of God. Where do you need him to show up in your life? You need to go ahead and praise him for it right now. You need to go ahead and sing it to him right now. You need to go ahead and declare it to him right now and thank him for it before it's even happened because we have a God who is faithful to fulfill his promises. He is good and kind and faithful. And my friends, not only was he faithful to his people, I believe he will be faithful to our church and I believe he will be faithful to you too. I wanna invite you to stand your feet. And as you do, I just wanna, I wanna pray over you. I wanna, I wanna pray over you as you step into this season as well, as we step into a new season. Our fight song are words of praise. Our fight song are going to be crying out from our heart, praying to God. Our fight song is going to be trusting God faithfully that he will be faithful. That's how we're gonna do it. I wanna invite you to do that right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I pray for your sons and daughters right now. God, I pray that you would give them clarity and vision for the things that you have called them to. God, the the things that you are moving them towards in their life, God, I pray that you would continue to give them hope and encouragement and speak life over it, God, as though it has already happened because you said so. God, I pray that you would build the faith of your sons and daughters today, that they would have confidence in the things that they hope for, that they would have assurance in the things that they cannot see yet. God, I pray that you would build them up today. God, I pray that you would go before us as a church. God, we are going to lift our hands. We are going to lift our voices. We are going to raise our level of faith that you are good and you are faithful. And that God, the promises that you spoke, that you will be good to fulfill. 
God, we thank you and we trust you for all of these things. And so church, over the next moments, we're going to sing a song. And it's just going to declare these things for you. And if you're struggling with some areas of faith today, I want to encourage you to sing them and allow this to, to, as you sing it every time, to allow it to build your faith even more. That it's not just words that you sing, but it's declarations that you believe. That you will see a victory. That our God has gone before you. That whatever it is that you are praying and hoping for, that he will bring it to completion. This is a promise that we get to sing and trust and hope for. And here's what we can rest in. No matter how the rest of our days go, we do know that the ultimate battle has already been won. Jesus paid the price for you. He offers an invitation for you to come home. And so over these next few moments as we sing, I want to let you know that the altar will be open. If you just need to come down and pray, you can do that. If you want to come to the side, I'll hang out over here. Be glad to pray for you. Whatever you need to do to respond to God today, I want to invite you to do that. So I want to pray one more time. Father, over these next few moments, we're going to sing and we're going to praise. Father, I pray that you will move the heart of your people. Meet us here in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Come church, listen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.